this is going to be the time for a massive eye-opener for most businesses. And I wanna talk about something that might be a massive apocalypse that's about to happen in the business world and also in the financial world and how we can deal with it. Welcome to The Underestimated Entrepreneur, where I share mindset, lifestyle, and business hacking tips, tools, and some painful lessons along my journey from growing my businesses and also working with some of the top entrepreneurs, business leaders, and professional athletes. Hey, Driven Mofos, welcome back to another episode of The Underestimated Entrepreneur. If you don't know who I am, I'm Michael Mojo. I'm the founder of Mojo Human Performance Institute, where we focus on business, mindset, and lifestyle hacking for driven mofos. The reason why I do these is because most people waste their life, and I just don't want you to be one of them. All right, let's talk about a post that I wrote uh, last week, and I want to go through it because I think there is so many amazing things to learn from it, and also that if you're in the building industry, this might be the perfect time to really consider how you're growing a business and why you're growing it. So the post that I'm talking about is called Building Industry Apocalypse. What all business owners can learn from the pending building industry apocalypse. Now, if you don't already know right now, there is a massive undertone and underswell that's going on at the moment in the building industry. I'm fortunate enough to have my dad who works in the building industry. He's a builder by trade or a carpenter, a builder and a chippy by trade, but he also runs a maintenance business. Then I also have my brother-in-law who is a plumber and then I'm a tradie as well. You know, my original trade was a diesel mechanic when I left school and then I realized that there was no way I was going to do that for the rest of my life and the dad I got signed off my apprenticeship was the day I walked out of there and I never looked back and I never want to go back. In fact, I haven't even touched my toolbox, I don't think, since that day. My dad uses all my tools, but I don't. Anyway, so there is this massive undertone that's going on in the building industry at the moment. And I think there's a huge underswell that's even deeper than that, which is a financial apocalypse that's about to happen. And I don't I don't want to use that word apocalypse, but I use it because it's a word that people associate with that there's going to be some serious shit going on in the next couple of years. Now, normally every 10 years, there is a cycle that happens in economies. It can be anywhere between seven to 10 or so. Now we've been pushing that out. The last big one we had was GFC in 2008. You know, around 2018, 2019, there would probably be a financial correction. Then, you know, I thought around 2020, it'll probably happen. And then all of a sudden we had COVID and that could have been a massive adjustment in the markets. But what we saw was there was a huge dip and then there was a, a bit of a, a correction. And then all of a sudden, boom, off again, we get government stimulus and the government stimulate the economy again and fucking off we go. And things have been booming because there has been a lot of printing of money. And normally what happens is inflation drops when these crises happen. So when a crisis happens, in, uh, inflation decreases because people stop spending money and that's what happens. This is the opposite because we had a massive stimulus package popped up. So we've had inflation going on. We've had this amazing phase. Like for most people who are born in the 2000s, They've never really seen in their lifetime a proper correction. You know, they would have been like eight years old if they were born in 2000. They haven't actually seen anything. So they've just been on this huge bull market that's riding uphill for the majority of their, their you know, life where they're aware of money and so on. And so they haven't really seen what happens when things go bad. And so it's leading to a lot of overspending. It's leading to a lot of people living on credit. We also have pay-as-you-go sort of stuff now with um, pay, like um, what are the payment things called, the payment providers, where you can buy now and pay later and all that stuff. So people are massively overspending. Like, you know, I've been reading articles where, you know, there's 18-year-old kids that are essentially going out there and, and like loading themselves up. They got a credit card. They've got, they bought a car on, on, you know, from the bank or use the bank's money. So they got a loan. They're still living with mum and dad. But at the same time, some of them are just starting to move out. So they're now renting. And so they've got this huge debt already over their head without even realizing that shit can go bad really, really quickly because I've never, ever seen it before. And this happens in all economic cycles. If you haven't seen Ray Dalio's um, Economic Machine YouTube video, go and watch it. It's fucking amazing. 
and I share it a lot when I go through uh, finances, wealth, and so on in some of my events. So I do talk a little bit about wealth creation in uh, and wealth structure in Thrive Time. But uh, in our the event after you come to Thrive Time, there's normally a, a bunch of other events that open up where you have the opportunity to come, which are more high level events. And one of those events is called Triumph. In that event, I actually spend a whole day talking about wealth creation, how to structure money, what people do that fuck up their money, how to create the psychology to be able to keep not only creating but building wealth. A lot of people have the, and a lot of business owners can make money, they just can't retain it. Um, and so they don't have the structure to be able to keep money for long enough and, and grow that money that they've kept that what they'll do is they normally just keep making more, making more, making more, making more, but then eventually when the hard times hit and they can't make the money, then they're fucked. And that creates a lot of stress and pressure. So anyway, we've got this huge underswell that's going on at the moment that's going on in the financial industry, which has also lead, led to an absolute boom in the building industry. Now that building industry as well, a lot of people going out and purchasing houses, it's pushing prices up. There's this huge amount of inflation that's going on in the property industry. And so there's a lot more developments, a lot more people getting into the development game. There's also a lot more people who are working for other people in the trade-based businesses who think I'm going to go out and start my own business because there's so much money available. And then we have had a whole bunch of, you know, shipping problems and, you know, there's a whole cycle of supply chain problems which are leading to jobs being available and work being available, but not being able to get the resources needed to be able to complete those jobs, which then is stalling work. And then that's meaning that trade-based businesses and also builders and so on are having to still work. Then because of inflation, prices are going up on everything. So things that they were quoted for six months ago have gone up 10, 20, 30%. So now the building costs have gone up on the original quota price. And now we've got this massive fucking underswell that's happening. So here's some of those things that everyone can learn from this stuff here. And I'm just gonna read it out and then we'll break it down one by one. So let's go through it. It says, when industries are booming, governments throw out free cash. Now this is always important because you will see this every couple of years. The government will throw out a ton of cash in the direction of an industry. And all of a sudden, all these people just jump in there because it's like fucking bait thrown to sharks, right? All these people jump into an industry because there's so much money in it and they just flood the industry. So that, that happens quite a lot. It's happening at the moment with NDIS. It's happening uh, in the building industry. It's happening with infrastructure projects, with government. Defense now, it's starting to happen because there's, you know, the government in Australia have wrapped up defense costs uh, or defense spending. So there's, a, uh, or spending more in defense. So there's, there's all these industries now that are starting to boom. Now, when industries are booming, governments are throwing out free cash or there is a massive demand. It's tempting to grow fast or to grow big. So most business owners want to grow really big and really fast because there's always the work out there, right? Growing hard and fast in a boom, what goes up has to come back down. So if you're growing fast, you can get caught out. And this happened a couple of years ago in our industry. I watched businesses grow super fucking quick, like because the government were throwing out all of these free training schemes where if you could become a training provider, essentially people could come to you and you could charge $30,000 for a course that was worth $5,000. And then what happens is you do a $15,000 rebate. So your customers pay $5,000 and they think they're getting a $30,000 course, but the government rebate the majority of that course. So essentially the government's paying a ridiculous amount of money for free. And so it was just a fucking stupid scheme, right? It was it was ridiculous. And so because of that, all these businesses just boomed. All these service providers just came out of nowhere that were offering training and education because they could just rot the system because the government were throwing out free money. But then what goes up has to come back down. The government then realized after a couple of years that this is going on. So they start to tighten it up. Also, there's dodgy practices that go on. There are people who are, aren't delivering the services, all of that sort of stuff. So the government go whoop and they pull the noose tight and bang, the whole industry starts falling apart. So that happens quite a lot. Um, an industry boom always leads to an influx of new players in the industry. So price competition and overconfidence happens until 
the media pushed the large, the large amounts of poor quality work or workmanship by those seeking to make a quick buck. More people get exposed trying to rot the system and maximize government handouts, which is happening definitely at the moment. Hiring becomes extremely hard as many see the excess cash and the fast growth and get greedy or complacent and overindulgent, leading many to start their own businesses and staff who will go to whoever will pay the most, not the best employer to work for. So when a business, when an industry is booming, staff then start to rule the roost because they go, well, if you don't want me here and you won't pay me fucking triple what I'm worth, I'll just go and work for someone else who will. Now, someone else who's got shitloads of work who needs staff, they'll pay that money. But it doesn't mean that that's a good hire. It just means that that's fucking stupid, but they've got excess money, uh, excess money now and excess cash and excess work. Business owners start playing stupid. And so then what happens is staff can become over-entitled, business owners become over-indulgent, and then now we've got this huge bubble forming. So that happens in those industries. And then as demand for work increases, often suppliers want to get in on the action, which then means prices and of products inflate. This puts greater strain on margins for consumers and they start to price shop and more businesses start to lower their price to stay competitive to keep work available for staff. As suppliers start increasing their amount because they want to get in on the action, they start increasing their prices so it inflates. But if you've already quoted work that you're doing now from six months ago, that work's already quoted, you now have to pay higher amounts for the resources that you need, including for suppliers. So now that means that your margins are getting squeezed. So now you've got squeezed margins and also staff who are getting overpaid or they're inflating their prices now. So the business owner is starting to get squeezed. So at first there's business growth, business owner starts to celebrate. Then all of a sudden business owner goes, oh fuck, I'm paying too much for staff. Staff are hard to get. They're starting to demand how they work, when they work, what they wanna do. Suppliers now are coming in, they're, they're increasing their prices, margins are getting squeezed, oh shit, now I'm in a lot of trouble. And that can happen quite regularly in these sort of cycles. So then what I wrote here is, as demand for work increases, often suppliers wanna get in on the action. This means greater strain on margins as consumers start to price shop. So consumers start to price shop because there are so many competitors in the industry, they'll start dropping prices because a lot of people who don't understand business and they don't have a good framework for their business, they don't have good culture, they don't have good marketing and branding, what they'll do is they just think, if I can just keep reducing my prices, customers will buy with us. And so they look at the work that they're getting and the turnover, not the margins that they're creating. So they might be turning over more, but their margins may be negative. And I've had some clients in the last six months that we've sat down and looked at their finances and gone, fuck, do you know you're losing money? And they don't even know they're losing money because they've gone from, let's say, making $1.5 million a year to now making $3 million a year in 12 months. So they've gone, Woohoo, we've doubled our business size. Yet what they don't realize is now they're losing money because they're paying way more for staff, they're paying way more for suppliers, they're having there's more supply chain issues, there's hold up on work, there's a whole bunch of other things that are going on. So they don't realize that. So we need to realize this. All business owners who are listening to this out there can learn from this. Now what we all can learn from this and these learnings are taken from some of our business and entrepreneur odyssey events that we've done. A business will only grow to the level in the mindset of the business owner or the CEO. If fast growth happens without the mental and skills growth of the owner, the business will collapse back to a level and a skill and the mindset of the owner. So what will happen is if a business owner is used to doing things a certain way and they're not growing into a greater leader, a greater manager, understanding how to put more processes in place, understanding how to create more of the infrastructure to make workflow flow better, to keep an eye on the margins, 
to make sure that they're looking over the finances and doing better deals on suppliers and all that sort of stuff. Really quickly, that business can get away from them and they're in deep shit without even knowing it. And they might be celebrating down at the pub with all of their mates and going away on holidays going, we've doubled our business size without realizing that their business is on the verge of collapse. So this can happen quite a lot. The business owner has to grow their psychology. They have to grow into a better leader. They have to change the way they do things. And for most business owners, they'll never do it, which is why most businesses owners fail. And I would say that I speak to anywhere between 10 and 30 business owners a week that are serious business owners. And the majority of them don't even realize that they're their biggest problem in the business, that they're their biggest bottleneck. And they don't realize that their mindset is the number one thing that stops them because they think, oh, it's the marketers. It's this, it's that, it's the fucking industry. And they'll blame everything else. Yet at the same time, there's someone else in their industry crushing it and they're doing it differently. Okay. So you've got to be really careful about that. And you also need to grow those skills. As your business grows, you have to become a better leader. You have to become a better manager. And if you don't realize that, then the business will just fall apart eventually or it'll just become overwhelming and you'll downsize it back to a level you can manage. Number two was everyone is an expert in a bull market. Booming markets create false profits. Now I've seen this in the crypto space is a perfect example of this where people that I've seen who have never had any money for the last 15 years all of a sudden became experts overnight because you can be a fucking idiot and put five grand into crypto 10 years ago or even eight years ago or six years ago or three years ago and now you're a genius until it collapses <laughs> and then you're not so smart anymore. And I watched some people just in the last two years that have never ever had any money. Some of them have even tried to come to my events and they couldn't even afford to pay $67 a week for a payment option that we used to run years ago. They couldn't afford it. And then they're getting on social media and telling everyone, you're an idiot if you don't get into crypto, crypto's the way of the future. We're gonna overrun governments. We're gonna you know, overrun banks. And I'm like, eh, there might be some intelligence in that, but it's intertwined in a lot of bullshit and fantasies because here's the thing, governments are backed by military. So if the government thinks that crypto is going to take them down, they will just fucking send the military out and shut this shit down in no time at all. And then those same people that I've had those conversations with, they go, oh yeah, but it's online down straight away. Okay. And you'll have the, the part rogue people on the outside who will probably do it. Just like these days, there are rogue people who buy guns but mum and dads won't have guns sitting in their house because in this country, it is illegal unless you have a gun license and all that stuff and you're qualified to have them. So, you know, that's what happens. So there's these fantasies that happen, but it's because there's false prophets who don't think through things. In a booming economic cycle, there are all these business prophets out there who just tell you how to grow your business, but they've never really properly had to grow a business or deal with the issues that have happened in business because everything goes well. We've seen this in the e-commerce space where there's these young kids that are in the e-com space and have just blown up their businesses and some of them have made millions of dollars with one product but that's all good until people stop buying e-commerce and it drops like 40 to 60 percent just because there's an economic cycle and some of them have never seen that because the last economic cycle and downturn was 2008 and so they didn't have to ride that out and so you see a lot of false prophets posting a lot of shit like people posting we've all seen those memes online of you know people used to think the internet uh, was a was a jip as well the difference is that in the early 2000s all the investors were getting behind saying you have to be part of this internet boom because people were just buying websites and domain names. I remember going to events years ago and people on stage used to say, buy as many domain names as you can. And so you would buy domain names, sit on them for years and then try to sell them for 10, 20, 30, 50, 100 times what you paid for it. And that happened because people thought that domain names were gonna be super valuable until they realized that no one gives a fuck about a domain name in most cases. Every now and again, yes. But for most people, for the majority of the population, it doesn't matter. If you wanna start a website, you just go and find a website that's available. You don't go and search for the domain name that is the exact one that you want that you're gonna pay 50 or $100,000 for. But that's because there was a boom in that industry. Now, 
some people made money out of it. The majority of people didn't. Just like in the early internet age, some people made a lot of money out of websites. I had a friend of mine, Shane Yen, who owns a Hollywood sign in LA, who's been one of my clients. And also uh, he owns GameStar, which are a gaming company. He also owns Imagination Studios. Um, so GameStar, I think, is part of Netflix now. Um, so he's a very fucking smart guy. And, um, you know, a, a great friend of mine, and I've learned a lot from him. And um, yeah, I've worked, I worked with him as a, I've done some mental performance stuff with him before as well. And so Shane was one of the people, he built Pepsi.com, the original one, and then sold it to Pepsi for a large sum of money. But that was in the early days of the internet boom. But there were millions of people around the world who lost fucking squillions of money on that internet boom, or probably hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars in that internet boom by getting involved in things that they didn't really know. There were there was a small pocket of people who made a large sum of money. The same thing's gonna happen in crypto, maybe the same thing will happen with NFTs, but you see false profits come out in these times and that's what happens in boom cycles. So just be really careful of that. Number three is it's easy for insecure business owners to wanna to grow fast and hard when your competitors are growing fast and hard. It will make you feel more insecure, but quality always trumps quantity in the long run. So sometimes you're better off staying a niche business in boom cycles and then in bust cycles growing really, really hard and fast. And that's what a large companies do. Um, Warren Buffett talks a lot about that. He's one of the greatest investors in, histories, uh, in history. You know, part of their philosophy in Coca-Cola and all that, that and, and even Richard Branson with Virgin, if you read his book, when everyone is running and pulling back on marketing expense and sales because there's a downturn in industries, he then pushes hard and goes because he doesn't have the competition there. So that's where he gains major market share. And so for a lot of businesses and a lot of business owners is it can be quite tough because you'll feel insecure when all your competitors are growing, they're doubling and tripling and you know they've got bigger staff and more cars and all that. But just remember, there's more outgoing costs, there's more stress, there's more pressure, there's more infrastructure that needs to be created in the business. If you see it for what it is, they're all competing with each other because they're all trying to grow, but they're growing in a boom cycle. When everyone goes bust and 50% and of your competitors get wiped out and 50% of the industry gets wiped out and you start putting your foot on the gas and you start growing and you become the name and the brand that everyone remembers, when everything starts to curve up again, you then start to gain market share for the first two to three years of that growth cycle or even four or five years of that growth cycle when all your competitors are trying to catch up. So sometimes you just have to be aware that you need to control your own insecurities around business growth, especially in boom cycles. So I hope that helps as well, Driven Mofos. Number four is always be working on the company culture, the mission, the values, the purpose, and the core drivers. A lot of the stuff that we go through in our business and entrepreneur odyssey or our business and entrepreneur mastermind that we have. The reason why I go through it so much is because that creates the core of everything that you do. It should dictate the whole behavior of the company. Even today, I was talking to a business owner and they said, but I want this and I like doing this and I like to make sure. And I said, but hang on, you run a business, don't you? And they said, yes. And I said, it's never about you. So don't say, I want it done this way. It's what's best for the business. And that happens when you have a good business culture. And when you build that culture, your staff will go, what's best for the business, not what's best for the owner, because that's what can fuck up culture really quickly as well. And I learned that the hard way. You need to really make sure that you're working on your mission, your values, your purpose in the business and your core drivers, especially in growth cycles, because you want that culture to shine through from the inside out. And I'm not talking corporate bullshit culture, which is when most people think about business culture, they think about these values on the work, on the wall, like kindness, respect, dignity, all of that bullshit that if you walk into a business and you say to their staff, what are their value, what is, what's the company's values? And they look at you with a blank stare, you know that that company culture is not what's written on the wall. You also know that management aren't reinforcing the culture. 
That's a huge problem. And I see it in corporate business all the time. We respect one another. And then there's in-house fighting. There's all this political shit going on underground where or there's an undercurrent where, you know, people trying to fuck each other and managers, and I don't mean that literally, but I mean like, you know, one manager's trying to take down another manager so they can move up the ranks and all that. All of that stuff does not drive those values, okay? So you need to get really, really clear and drive that stuff. Our team talk about our company values every week in the team meeting. And part of my hiring strategy is the values now. Even though I don't hire, I come in for the final interview um, and I wanna make sure that they're a culture fit. I also wanna make sure that our staff are following things. So I don't reprimand staff based on their work. I reprimand them based on them breaking the values. So if we say that our work is high quality and staff don't do high quality, I go back to them and I say, so as a staff member, one of our things is high quality do you perceive that this is high quality or world-class? And they go, well, no, it's not. And I go, look, please don't let this happen again, okay? Because if not, then we need to have a proper talking. Like, you might not be a fear here. So it's not my opinion. I don't want to fire them. It's just that they don't respect the company's values and it's the values that matter. So you need to be really, really clear on that as a business owner. And most businesses, I would say 99.999% of businesses that I've ever gone into are so unclear on that. And then they wonder why staff come and go why they hire the wrong people. And we did it for years. This is why I know now it's super important because your staff should only be hired and fired based on the, the core values of the business and also the mission and where it's trying to get to. And then, you know, whether you use OKRs or a 90 day plan. Anyway, number five was always be working on your market differentiators and your market wedge and stay on track with them. In a booming market, it's easy to be tempted to keep adding new services, products, and SKUs that may lead to your downfall. This really comes back to, if I say Sony, what do you think about, right? It's electronics. If you think about Tesla, they build cars. If you think about NASA, they go to space. If you think about McDonald's, they make burgers. So you wanna think about what is the business known for? What I find is a lot of businesses, they start one way and then they start adding on more SKUs and they do more and more things because there's more and more money out there. What most businesses don't realize is there's more management then, there's more infrastructure, there's more marketing, there needs to be more sales. It's more complicated for the sales team to sell multiple SKUs. And so there becomes this operational nightmare that gets created, which then soaks up so much money. That's fine in a boom time, but that could also be the bust as well. And that can happen quite regularly in even large companies where they'll just keep adding on SKUs instead of going, you know what, this is the business, this is what we're known for, we'll just keep doing it. And if we want start another business, we'll start another business on the side and rebuild it from a startup and grow it that way. And then you've got two businesses instead of one business that does everything for everybody. So that can be a huge problem. So just be, please be aware of that one as well. Warren Buffett, the greatest inv investor in history once said, it's not until the tide goes out that uh, you see who's swimming naked. Hard times are when the best businesses shine. Easy times are when good business leaders should be very wary. This is why I say, if you show me the business owner's mindset, I'll show you the business's future. As insecurities and complacencies cause many business owners to make silly mistakes that cost them eventually. Pretty self-explanatory. Number seven is cycles often lead to predictable outcomes. So if you're aware of cycles and you understand cycles, you know booms, you know busts, you know what happens when you go through that cycle. Sometimes you'll hear business cycles being described as a child as businesses grow. So in startup phase, you're essentially a newborn. You eat a lot of food and you shit a lot. Businesses at the same time eat a lot of cash and they shit a lot of cash and they just create chaos and shit everywhere. Um, so that's that's a brand new business. It's a newborn baby. Like you can't expect it to walk on its own two feet and be responsible yet. Then as you start to grow, it'll walk on its own two feet, but it'll fall over consistently. And that's why you need to be aware of everything that's going on as your business grows. Then after a while, it'll start to walk on its own two feet and you start putting in a management team, but you need to watch over them all the time because they can get in trouble really, really quickly. And you need to be there to support them and to help them just like a five or six year old. Then eventually it will become a teenager. It will go out of control. It'll want to do whatever it wants with or with 
without the business owner. This is also where a lot of business owners fuck up because they go on holidays all the time because they've got absolute freedom now because their business is a teenager and it can manage itself, it can look after itself and it can feed itself. The problem is teenagers have a high likelihood of dying because they do stupid shit, okay? And this is this can happen in a business. And then you have adults. An adult business just runs by itself and we're talking the big companies like General Electric, we're talking Apple, we're talking those large companies that have been around for a long, long time, Unilever. Um, a lot of those big major companies, they've been around for so long that they run and everyone knows them, but they have to keep re-innovating themselves. And you want to keep, as a young adult, you're in that business stage. Because if not, if it drops back down to a teenager, it can be volatile and crazy. If it drops back down to a newborn, then you've got a lot of problems. But if it's too big, it gets too old. And you know, when people are old, they get slow and so on. And so a business can be like that as well. You need to be aware of business cycles and economic cycles because they both relate to each other and that can cause huge problems. And also industry cycles as well. Uh, number eight, use money wisely. Learn the keys to money management and understand economic cycles as I just went through and mentioned some of them there. But also learn how to use money. Make sure you have buffers. Make sure you understand you know, how to manage your own finances and your emotions around finances. Most business owners will destroy their business by not managing their emotions around money, which is why I tell most business owners to come to Thrive Time because that will be the game changer for them. And we've had everyone from, we had the ex-head of Air Asia come and do Thrive Time. Um, so they managed four and a half or five and a half thousand staff, uh, Ryan Lim. Uh, we've also had Mark Lim as well, who they're not related, but he owns Magnetic Alliance. I think they do about $30 million a year. They, they do a lot of um, uh, M&A or mergers and acquisitions in business. Uh, we just had uh, Wayne Lewis from Rising Sun Pictures that do the digital animation for The Hobbit. Uh, Spider-Man, all that stuff. So he came along. He's you know one of the founders of the company. We've had a lot of really high-profile people come do that business because they need to keep updating their mindset skills to keep running their business and to keep growing. Uh, and if they don't, they stagnate and, and get stuck. So just it's something to think about. And But we get all types of business owners and all types of people come to Thrive Time because it's essentially a mental performance and success event. But it's super important. Most business owners neglect their own mindset and psychology and wonder why they burn out, fuck out and get stressed out and burn, and eventually destroy their business. Or if not, they destroy themselves with drugs and alcohol and overeating and all that stuff that, that most business owners do, overspending. Number nine is sometimes saying no to growth is the best long-term strategy, especially if the business needs better systems, processes, management, leadership, etc. If not, it'll create huge inefficiencies and money wastage, not to mention a management nightmare, sleepless nights or worse. Increase in alcohol, drugs, medical drug use, because in Australia, I think from last time I checked, which was a couple of years ago, the number one most used drug in Australia that was, um, you know, which which essentially is a um, you, not a recreational drug, I guess you could call it, but was pain medication. And the majority of pain, when you do pain studies, most people just have this pain in their body that they don't know where it comes from. It's not from a specific injury where, you know, they jumped off the gutter and their knee snapped backwards or, you know, they got rugby tackled or whatever and their spine went backwards and, and caused a bulging disc. It's normally like I got out of bed in the morning and my back was fucked or my knees were fucked. And so there is a lot more research coming out about psychosomatic pain, which is how your psychology creates pain in your body. And this is a, a fairly, I mean, it's been around for thousands of years. It was spoken about in Chinese philosophy and ancient philosophies, but it's just science hasn't caught on to it enough and done enough research studies around it yet for it to just be common knowledge. But if you speak to most people in psychology or even in the health space, they'll know about it. They know that it's there. It's just that there's not the, there are some tests and there, there are some uh, evidence there for it, but there's just not enough because you've got to try and isolate things in order to research them. And it becomes a bit harder 
when you're trying to isolate people's thinking and their psychology in moments in time where they have the pain. So these are some of the things that a lot of business owners I see is an overuse of pain medication, you know, headaches, all of that sort of stuff happen quite consistently because of the stress and the pressure and all those things. So you just got to be aware of that because it can become an abuse. Overeating, overspending, or just avoidance and shutdown. A lot of business owners go, I need to go on a holiday. They don't need to go on a holiday. They need to deal with the fucking problems in their business. That's what they need to do. But they think that a holiday is going to make them feel better. And when they feel better, then the business will run better and it won't. And number 10, you can only control what you can control, always stay in control, or things will get out of control really, really quickly. So these are some of the things that I wanted to share. And this is because uh, I guess the building industry is looking like it's going to collapse. I don't know when, I don't know how, I don't know who's going to survive. I don't know who won't. I already know of a couple of developers that have gone uh, bust. I know of a couple of builders, big builders that have gone bust. I know of a lot of smaller companies like electricians, plumbers, and all that stuff that are shutting shop and throwing in the towel. So I don't know how big it's going to be. I don't think anyone does, but you know, I just don't want you to be one of them. So I hope that this helps. Anyway, Driven Mofos, please jump across to our Facebook group, hop into Facebook, type in the search bar, Driven Mofo Business Hacks. It will come up with a private group there. We do training. We do stuff every day where I'm in there helping business owners. So please jump in that group. Make sure you're connecting with other business owners as well. We're there to help each other. We're all trying to put food on the table for our families and to grow and to live an epic life. So please, you know, join. Um, I would love for you to be in there. The reason why I do this is that most people waste their life. I just don't want you to be one of them. And I'm sharing this stuff today because I have, I've been around for long enough now and I've worked with enough business owners and enough driven people to know what can happen and it can happen really, really quickly if you're not controlling this stuff. So anyway, jump into that Facebook group. Hope to see you in there and I hope you enjoy this podcast. Just remember, never underestimate the dream driven mofos.